0: Welcome. Welcome to Petey's Power Hour. I'm your host, Michelle, also known as Petey, and today's episode is just going to be a little bit different than the usual ones. Uh, today is going to be the first episode where I introduce my mini episodes, which you're like, cool, what's that? What does that mean? So in an effort to try to find a way to create more for my listeners and be able to give more information and more fun facts within the two week time frame that I need to in order to release episodes, I thought, why don't I create little mini episodes with just me? And why not do them about minis, since they're mini episodes? And you're like, okay, a minis, like literal minis? Yes, literal minis. So each of these minis is going to be about mini bottle. So I have in my hand here a mini bottle, 50 milliliter airplane size bottle of Jack Daniels number seven. And we're going to go through the history, fun facts process and go through a short little tasting at the end. So pretty much kind of like your regular episode, only big disclaimer here. They're just with me. So I'm going to be the only one talking to you here, which I know that's kind of a bummer because the guests are totally fun, But I wanted to try to get an opportunity where you can start talking more about mass market products, things that are more widely available. Loving alcohol is not just about like craft and craft products and small distillers. Like they're great and they're a huge part of the community. But what really is gets people into alcohol is the mass market stuff. Is the things that you have when you're like in college <laughs> and that are widely available, that are really cheap? Like, those are the things that people are most familiar with and can easily get. Like, I know some of my episodes, you're not going to be able to find everything that I have. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast, Things that I have available in the Mid-Atlantic is not going to be available in California or Washington necessarily, so that kind of sucks. So I want to try to share some stories, some history, some personal experiences with things that are mass market that are widely available. So I thought this would be kind of fun, and it would just be me. So maybe I'll have a guest some days, but it's just gonna be me hanging out, drinking some minis. So sit back and relax, because today we're going to talk about Jack Daniel's Tennessee Straight Whiskey Number 7. And this is their flagship whiskey, so the one everyone's pretty much familiar with, with the black label and the square kind of bottles, which I feel like if you can't find this, I don't know where you live. You know where you live? You live in a dry county, which is actually applicable to this whiskey. (laughs) So let's go over a little bit of history of Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels was founded by Jasper Newton Jack Daniel, who was born around-ish 1850. It's, of course, disputed after acquiring a bit of inheritance from his father, learning how to distill from a Lutheran minister, as well as a, a Black former slave named Nearest Green, Jack went and founded the distillery in Moore County, Tennessee. And sort of a fun fact, Moore County is actually a dry county. So if you go to visit the Jack Daniels distillery and you stay in Lynchburg, Tennessee in Moore County, you will actually not be able to drive to buy any, any alcohol at all, unless you're like in this particular store on the Jack Daniels property that is allowed to sell whiskey because everywhere else is dry, which kind of sucks. So don't stay there if you're going for drinking. (laughs) So after Jack Daniels was founded, there was actually, they started to have a surge in popularity in 1904 whenever Jack submitted Jack Daniels number seven to the 1904 St. Louis World's Fair. There was a big competition. Whiskeys from around the world were competing, and Jack Daniels won. And that was a big deal at the time i mean the 1904 world's fair was a really big deal and popular at the time and if you haven't seen meet me in st louis with judy garland i I know nobody who listens to this has but i have (laughs) that entire movie revolves around this family who's so excited for the 1904 world's fair in st louis So it was a big deal. But unfortunately, 1904 and the early 1900s is whenever there started to be a real push and drive for the temperance movement. So nationwide prohibition started in 1920. Tennessee actually started their own statewide prohibition in 1910. So 10 years before nationwide prohibition, Tennessee was like, nah, we ain't gonna sell. We ain't gonna drink. Jack Daniels had nothing to do, (laughs) which was terrible. So they started to store their whiskeys in Alabama Missouri. But when the nationwide prohibition came around, the whiskey just sat there and did nothing for 13 years. Prohibition was repealed in 1933. But, but still, Tennessee decided to keep statewide prohibition until 1938, five years after prohibition was repealed. So that sucked. But once it was lifted, distilling started again, started back up in Lynchburg, Tennessee, and at the Jack Daniels Distillery. Yay! So then came to World War II, and there was a real big shortage of ingredients, I mean, obviously, for quality whiskey. So the stuff started to go downhill a bit. That's, that's this was the second time that they had to close the distillery due to the shortage of ingredients. So they closed during Prohibition, and then they closed for a couple years in, during World War II. After World War II, however, they started to bounce back a little bit and they started to get a little bit of resurgence, especially with like the rock and roll movement. Like famous celebrities started to drink Jack Daniels and then it was sold to Brown Foreman in 1956. It became corporate. Jack Daniels went from family owned to corporate in 1956 in a nutshell. So that's a bit of the history of Jack Daniels. And now let's talk about the number seven. Like we look at this label and you're like... The hell does number seven mean? Actually, the origin of the old number seven, as it says here. <laughs> old number seven was the number assigned to the Jack Daniels distillery whenever they went through government registration back in the like late 1800s. And so Jack really liked it that it had the number seven But he was forced to change the registration number when the federal government withdrew the district, and then it became number 16 in District 5 instead of 7. Or it's like something ridiculous like that. It was no longer number 7. But instead of removing it, he liked it so much, he's like, screw it. I'm going to keep it. Who cares? And so there it stayed. It was just a government-issued number, (laughs) which is kind of silly. So let's talk about Tennessee whiskey itself and talk about what makes Jack Daniels different. So... Tennessee whiskey is very, very similar to bourbon. Pretty much bourbon is is Tennessee whiskey without one step. So Tennessee whiskey is, has to be more than 51% corn, just like bourbon, and which Jack Daniels is. More times than not, distillers will use more than 51%, but that's just the bare minimum. That's just that you get your foot through the door. And so Tennessee whiskey has to be aged in new charred American oak, which this is, and Tennessee whiskey has to be mellowed. And you're like, ooh, do they talk softly to it and tell it sweet, sweet nothings? No, absolutely not. Mellowing, charcoal mellowing, is what they do before they age the product. So after it's been distilled, they put it through sweet maple charcoal, which they make their own charcoal, and they filter it through this charcoal into a big vat and take that vat, put it into barrels, and let it hang out for a couple years on site. So that is is what makes it Tennessee whiskey. And, of course, it has to be from Tennessee. Like, you can't make this... You can mellow in Kentucky, but you can't be called Tennessee whiskey. They actually call that process the Lincoln County process, even though there aren't any distilleries in Lincoln County anymore, except one, and they don't even use this process. So (laughs) Jack Daniels does, but they're not even in Lincoln County, which is weird, but whatever. (laughs) So what also, like, kind of, I think, makes Jack Daniels a little distinct is its water source. So Jack, whenever he was the fearless leader of the distillery, purchased Cave Spring Hollow, which is a natural water source on the property on Moore County, and he purchased it for $2,148, which was a fortune at the time. But this natural water source is key, just like with every other whiskey. Water is a very, very important ingredient in the process. I mean, if you don't have good water, you're not going to make good whiskey. That's a fact. So this water is hard. It's filtered. It's full of limestone. So it really adds this good clarity and focus into the whiskey. So that is kind of cool, like to have the foresight to spend $2,000. I mean, that land's probably worth a fortune now. I mean, God, who knows? So we talked about the history we talked a little bit of the label talked about oh jack daniels and all that jazz so let's talk about ah, a taste let's put this in my little bottle here 50 milliliters so that's about like 1.5 ounces so let's go through the tasting shall we nice and easy so right off the bat the color it's not very dark it's more that caramel color that's just a nice light brown doesn't look too viscous nice and clear good color give it a good nose interesting I feel like it's got a lot of apple notes to it. Like I get, first I get a little bit of burn, the tingle on the tip of my nose. Jack Daniels is actually at 40% alcohol by volume, so 80 proof. And there's actually a little bit of controversy with that. It used to be at a higher alcohol proof whenever released as close as like the early 2000s. And then Jack Daniels decided to lower the alcohol level. And that does two things for the distiller. One, lowering the alcohol proof means that you're adding more water to the product and therefore creating more volume to sell. So if I'm taking more water into the whiskey, that's creating more whiskey to sell, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Two, you have to pay more taxes the higher the alcohol proof. So essentially, they're cutting cost and creating more product and that pissed people off this happened around like the early 2000s around like 2002 2003 and people were in uproar about it there was even like a petition against it because people were pissed but such is life (laughs) they have kept it at 80 proof since and 80 proof is what you get today so it's actually i kind of like the nose not too woody. I feel like for other bourbons, you kind of do feel that char. I mean, that charcoal filtration to it feels a bit cleaner, and I feel like it's a much more fruitier nose than some of the bourbons. Not quite as that oaky char. It's nice. I'm quite surprised by that. Let's just give it a little taste, and of course, as with all of my tastings, I'm going to hold it into my mouth and breathe for a second, and then just let it slowly go down my throat. No shots. <laughs> the taste is okay. I definitely get a lot of tingle in the middle of my tongue versus some of the initial ones I'll get, like, a tingle on the outside of my tongue. I definitely feel a burn of alcohol. That appley on the nose is is transcended into the taste as well. I definitely feel sort of like this kind of green apple notes to it. Not too citrusy. Overall, not bad. I'm kind of surprised by that. To be perfectly honest, I thought it would have much more of a burn. Like, I do feel a little bit of burn coming down into my chest, but... There's a bit of sweetness there as well that I think helps even that out. Now, by far, this is not the best whiskey I've ever tasted, but you know what? I'm surprised, not bad. Now, of course I'm gonna make this into a cocktail. What I'm probably gonna do tonight is throw some apple cider into it and some lemon juice and call it a day. Or the most famous cocktail that Jack Daniels has is probably a Jack and Coke, which is literally Jack Daniels and Coke. And I thought it was funny reading up about Jack and Coke. It was actually first written up in 1909. So this combination has been around for forever. And if you're familiar with Motorhead, the front man of Motorhead, Lemmy Kilmister, he was a huge fan of jack and cokes so much so that when he passed away in 2016 food and beverage magazine officially named their jack and coke combination the lemmy which i think is is kind of (laughs) cool so maybe i'll make a lemmy tonight (laughs) but overall i think this is kind of cool i'm very pleasantly surprised by this not the greatest whiskey i've had in the world But I would actually prefer to make this into a cocktail versus just sipping it on its own. I don't think it has quite the balance to it for sipping on its own. But for a cocktail, I think it would be really nice because it does have quite the punch. And the apple notes is actually really quite nice. So what I would probably do, like, even making this, like, the apple notes with, like, a whiskey mule. So, like, adding ginger beer to it, I would enjoy or even a cocktail that has, like, a soda base to it versus the more alcoholic cocktails, like, for example, a Manhattan or an Old Fashioned or something like that. I would not use that for this. I think something that has a bit more sweetness to it, like a Coke, like a ginger beer, like an apple cider, I think I would prefer making with it just because of the strong alcohol levels I feel when tasting this, but the apple notes are really nice, so... Overall, not bad. Not bad for a $2.99 Mini. What can I say? So that was the first episode of the first Mini. I hope you liked it. Kind of easy. As we go along, I'll be doing different minis. And again, no set schedule. They're going to be kind of sporadic. So let me know what you think of these. Let me know if you have any requests because minis are, again, a little bit more widely available. So I can probably find it if it's in a mini form. But you can find me at Twitter, at PD's Power Hour. DM me or tweet me. Or you can email me your questions, comments, or concerns at Hour at gmail.com. If you like what you heard here... Head over to polykill.com for more fun podcasts just like this one. And if you want to help out the show, please rate and review on your preferred listening application. Takes just a minute, and it really helps out the show. So thank you, my friends. Drink well. Bye.